Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Okay, this week's topic needs a little bit of setup <laughs> to make sense. Um, because I have this saying that um, that people can make their runs too precious. And what I mean by that is, um, I guess a little bit of a throwback to the Lord of the Rings. If anybody read the books or saw the movies or any of those things, I'm not like a super like nerd about that. Like I don't know things about the movie other than, um, I saw it. And, um, in terms of like how they think about the ring, the whole thing is my precious. Like everything is about that ring. Right. And the reason I use that term is that I think that so often people think of a one run as being that important and that precious. And it can happen for a whole bunch of good reasons. So recently I was judging. I am a draft judge. Um, Bernie's Mountain Dogs do karting. A bunch of other breeds do too. This happened to be a Bernie's Mountain Dog um a test, they call them. And I was judging and I was thinking about how few chances some of these exhibitors have to compete in a draft test because they're maybe only held like once a year in their geography. You know, they're not like obedience and rally and agility trials. There's not like one every weekend somewhere. They are really, and they really are kind of seasonal because they're raised mountain dogs. We don't really do them in August. So, um, and so they're really, for some people, they might only have one a year in their geography if they're not, you know, up to traveling, um, as far as day or two to get to one. So what happens is, is that they tend to put a lot on it and they put a lot on that weekend because they've got one try on Saturday and one try on Sunday. And, and it matters because their next chance is in a year. And by doing all of that, and like I said, for very good reasons, there's only one a year, like that's a good reason to feel precious about it. But when we feel very precious about a run, or like if you're going for a mock and you're on 19 and a half, um, and you're, you know, that, that 20th run is very precious, right? Um, and so those are just easy examples and why I was sort of thinking about it recently, because we can tend to make things very precious. And when we do that, we put a lot more pressure on everything, on our dogs, on ourselves, on the situation. We might make it mean more. And, you know, something precious could be like, this is the last time I'm going to run this dog in the finals or at the invitational or whatever. I mean, there's time, you know, and that I call it the anvil of time. That anvil of time makes things precious too, because we might not get another chance with an older dog, for instance, or a dog who's retiring for whatever reason. And so things get very precious. And when they get very precious, 
they get very pressury. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm not saying that every run isn't precious. Of course, they're all valuable. They're all amazing. You know, some of our favorite runs are our NQs. I mean, like there's a whole bunch to unpack there, but I want to focus rather on what happens to us in those moments where we put all the pressure on a single run. And a single run could be anywhere from like 29 seconds or less uh, to, in the case of draft or, you know, water work or something, you know, many minutes, you know, 50, you know, eight to 15, 20 minutes. And it's just a lot of pressure. And so I want to talk about that from a couple different angles and try to relieve some of that pressure and try to reduce some of that preciousness. <laughs> It doesn't really sound like a word, but, um, and the way we do that is really by thinking and, and catching it and being aware, right? Like that is the first step. It's always the first step. I say it all the time. The first step is always to just be aware that you are putting that much pressure on a single run or weekend. And, you know, they're usually signs, right? You start to get nervous on Tuesday, even though you don't go into the ring till Saturday. Um, you pack the car three times, you, you know, buy extra water, you know what I mean? Like we do kind of weird things um, when we are being nervous and we are using our nervous energy and we are disguising that nervous energy as productive, <laughs> right? We're saying, no, 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 it's really productive to pack the car two weeks before I leave. No, that's that needs to happen, you know? And really it's just nervous energy because energy needs an outlet. It needs to go somewhere. And if you don't direct it, it will direct you, right? So if you don't do anything with that nervous energy and it just builds and builds, then, you know, other things could happen, right? Maybe you get your person who gets short tempered, or maybe you just get so nervous you can't remember the course, remember where you're going or what have you. So um, we want to give, um, those nervous energy, that nervous energy, those moments, sort of a productive outlet. So I'm all for, you know, repacking the car three times if that is your coping mechanism. Um, but I would like you to realize that that coping mechanism or that action that you take when you are getting nervous or building to an event kind of emotionally is a sign that you need to take a look at what's coming up for you right? Other signs, some people get headaches, some people get stomach aches. Um, some people just get like really short with people. There's all kinds of sort of early warning signs, I guess that I would call them. And you know yourself better. Like you, you, you know, I start to get really particular, right? Because my control freak self comes out. And so I am the person who is making piles in the house of things that has to go in the car. And I am repacking or suddenly thinking I need a new or different bag or bin or something for the car. Like that is my outlet for that. So we all have them. It's just knowing that. So when I realize that that's what I'm doing, then I start to, and it usually takes me, by the way, I don't catch it right away, even with all this work I've done on myself. Um, it usually kind of catches me like, why am I, oh, that's why I'm obsessing about how the car is or going to the grocery store for a third time for road snacks or what have you, right? I'm starting to stress about the weekend. So that's your warning sign, all right? So your first step is, of course, awareness, but it's awareness early. Like, are there things that you do um, as 
potentially an outlet for your nervous energy or are your kind of early warning signs, we'll call them, to that you're going to be putting too much pressure on an upcoming event, okay? So of course, as the day gets closer, those things that you do to cope with your stress are going to potentially be more prevalent. So we that's why we try to catch them early because we try to not get in the spiral. Because when we feel pressure, we're actually feeling fear. Like that's at the base, at the root, what the emotion is underneath. You know, fear of performance, um, you know, fear of failure, um, you know, worried you're going to forget the course or miss your class or, you know, all of these other things that come up at the base of all of that is fear. And when we are in fear, our bodies like physiologically change. We start thinking with a different part of our brain. We, that in that part of our brain, that, that back part, that, that um, amygdala, uh, the, the lizard brain, as it's also known, um, is in charge of flooding us with her hormones and redirecting blood flow um, so that we literally are not thinking as clearly because it's redirecting blood flow to bigger muscle groups and away from our frontal cortex, away from our stomachs. Um, it's why we get stomach aches. It's why we feel that kind of nauseation, nauseation, definitely not a word. Um, that's why we feel sort of nauseated. Um, um, and that's why we can feel our stress physically because our blood flow has been diverted under fear circumstances, okay? So we want to get that all under control because when I said that it also diverts blood away from the frontal cortex, that's the part we need to plan and execute and be in the present moment and and execute all of those things we know how to do, okay? So we need to recognize that that is happening so that we can stop it and interrupt it. Okay, again, recognizing awareness. The next thing we need to do is really look at our goals for the weekend. All right. If we are putting that much pressure on it, if we are feeling, you know, nervous on Tuesday, we are definitely in an outcome frame of mind, right? We are focused on the outcome. We are focused on the cue or the win or the points or getting into the finals or whatever it is, um, the medallion coming up for some people, like, you know, we are focused on outcome, 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 because um, we're not as in control. So we're running around trying to control all the things we can control, um, knowing that there'll be a whole bunch of variables left that are beyond us. And we want it really bad. And I've never really seen anybody get nervous over process goals, but I sure as heck see them get nervous over outcome goals all the time. And so remember, outcome goals are the results. Those are the cue, the points, et cetera, as I went through. The process goals are the things you have to do in, I always say, in order to put yourself in a position to even hopefully cue, right? They might be making sure you're cueing your dog appropriately. Um, they might be um, making sure that you stick to your morning rituals or your morning habits and stuff and really get make sure that your dog is, is ready and prepared. They might be making sure that you are connected right before you walk into the ring, right? So those are just some examples of process goals. And like I said, the process goals like running connected, cueing correctly, you know, making sure your footwork is right, what have you, like those are things you know you need to do to execute. You 
have to, everything has to go right and the judge has to do their part in order for you to cue. So we need to keep our focus on the process goals. If you are truly focused on your process goals, most likely you're going to feel more confident about your ability to execute those and that's going to help your nerves, right? That's going to help that freak out that you're starting to feel or that preciousness you're starting to feel about your weekend. Now, for some events, things that are rare, you know, things that you only get to do once a year, whether that's an invitational or whether that's, you know, a draft test that only happens in your neighborhood once a year, um, you definitely start to feel like, oh my God, it's my one chance, right? And, but the thing is, is that even that kind of thinking, it's your one chance for what? Like, I want you to finish that sentence, if you will. It's your one chance to what? To see where you are, to be able to walk into that ring, or it's your one chance to get a cue, right? And there's a very different energy about those, right? If I look at it, it's my, God, this is my, this is my chance to like, I, I finally, you know, qualified for the invitational. I get to go. I'm so excited. You know, if you're going with outcome goals in mind, or we are going with process goals in mind, it's going to feel very different. And I want you to feel the difference sort of in yourself and set those kinds of appropriate goals. All right. Because again, if every run is precious, then you are holding on to that outcome goal. Now, if you are defining precious as being like every run I get with my veteran is precious. Great. You, this is this, whole conversation is not for you because yes, I agree. Every run with our dogs is special and we should appreciate it every time we walk in any, any ring, anywhere, anytime for sure. Um, but I just want you to be on the lookout for when you are putting pressure on yourself that you control. Um, it's like controlling a spigot, right? You are deciding to put that pressure on yourself. All right. And if some of the pressure is coming externally from maybe a breeder or a friend or somebody else, then you can address those, hopefully constructively, conversations by saying like, hey, you know, I, I'm getting nervous enough. Um, can we not talk about that? Or it would really help me if you didn't kind of add to the feelings and the pressure that I was already feeling. I'm really excited. I just want to go and have a good time right? So that would be another way to sort of deal with depreciousing your run, okay? Um, the other, the last thing I will say is I want you to always go back to your why. You know, we, I talk a lot about making sure that we all have a why and it, and it comes back to why you got into dog sports to begin with, why you decided to enter you know, a, a, a trial the first time at all, um, why you decided to work your dog toward this goal. And I find that our whys really ground us in times that are tough, right? If we're really struggling with something or in these big sort of pressure moments. Like if I go down to the invitational and I put all of this pressure on like being the best of my breed. So therefore getting the medallion that is associated with the agility competition there. Um, and I'm looking at that outcome, then I'm sort of forgetting why I got into competing with my dog in the first place. It wasn't to win a medallion. I mean, that's frosting, right? Or maybe that's 
the cherry on top of the whipped cream on top of the nuts on top of the frosting, right? I mean, that's, that is so far away from what I went into dog sports thinking. Um, I went into dog sports like really liking to work with animals because I'd done horses before and really wanting to kind of see what we could do together. Like it's like a personal um just challenge always of like, what else can we do? What else can we do? What can we do together? This is so amazing. And so when I remember that that's really my why, as I stand at the line walking into the invitational or, you know, the, um, uh, you know, any of those other rings down in Orlando as people are starting to key up for. Um, and I think about, uh, when I think about my why, then my focus changes to, oh my God, who would have told that person, you know, a dozen or more years ago that I would be here doing this with my dog? How cool is that? Now I'm now I'm focused in gratitude. Now I'm being really appreciative. Now I'm, I'm focused on process goals and being like, you know what? I just want to get around. I want to do all the jumps in the right order. And I want to really get that, you know, that weave entrance or the correct entrance to the tunnel, Right. And now I want to make sure that I, I'm cueing everything or making sure that I do my morning walk and all that kind of stuff because it's really different here, whatever, whatever, right? So it, it automatically helps ground us in like our why helps ground us, but also you heard me slip in gratitude, right? And really being aware of like how fortunate we are every time we step to the line with our partners that, you know, we don't always get, not everybody gets to do that. We don't get to do it forever and ever. Um, they don't live long enough. I don't care what breed you have. It's still not long enough. Um, you know, all of those things. So those are just some ways to take a little bit of the pressure off when you feel like you're really gripping tightly something that you really want and reminding you that that thing is an outcome that you, what you really want is the result is the outcome, um, Instead of thinking of, great, yes, of course I have a goal. Of course, we all have big goals. That's why we work on mindset to begin with. We're not just like merrily wandering the halls here. We have goals. I want you to have big goals. But you have to have the goal and then you have to say, yeah, but what do I need to do to put myself in a position that that's possible? And that starts to make your list of process goals. Well, I have to you know, do X, Y, Z or my morning rituals, or I have to make sure like we talked, I cue my footwork, da, 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 whatever those things are. So I want you to have goals, but if you're only focused on that goal and you're only gripping tightly, you're forgetting all the things you need to do. And you're sure as heck not staying in the present moment. And in the present moment is where you're actually doing the handling, <laughs> right? I mean, we handle our dogs now like right now, like we're not handling them yesterday. We're not handling them tomorrow. We handle our dogs right now. And I mean, animals, all animals really teach us to be in that present moment. And so if you can just walk to the line, remind yourself to be with your dog now, where they are now, as they are, um, you're going to be doing a lot better. And maybe mentally and physically, you won't feel sick to your stomach. Maybe your headache will subside. I mean, I tell a story that many of you have heard that like the first time I went to Orlando, I gave myself a migraine 
like absolutely 100% gave it to myself. I was about 10 dogs out. So I already had my dog in my hand. We were doing our normal warm up routine. And I started to, my, my first symptom is to lose vision on the right side. And so normally my fix is a Coca-Cola, one Advil and one Tylenol sinus. If you have migraines, we can have this conversation <laughs> offline. It works for me. Long story short, I couldn't get to any of those things. Um, it's a Pepsi area and I didn't have any of my, you know, drugs at hand, which I do now. We fixed that. Um, but not being able to see out of your whole right side is not really conducive to running agility well, <laughs> let's just say. So we go in the ring. I mean, my dog is even beforehand, he's looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Like, are you checked out? Or like, what is wrong with you? And, um, and I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. So now I'm distracted, right? Because now I'm distracted that I can't see. I'm distracted that this mig- I'm giving myself this migraine. I'm trying to get him ready. He's looking at me like, what planet did you go to? Cause you're definitely not with me. Needless to say, we walk in the ring. I don't even think we took all the wheels in the ring. They just were flying off even in the warm up, Right. And it was a disaster of a run because again, couldn't see. And, um, and so we walked out of there. I went and took a nap. I found a Coke. I took drugs. Life was better in the afternoon. Um, but that is how s- severely we can trip ourselves up. Like I did that to myself fully, fully did that to myself. And I sort of, it was one of those kind of moments for me um, of like, I was like, never again. Like, I'm never doing this again. This is not okay. And it's why I doubled down on mindset work. It's why I came back to something I'd really loved from years and years ago and just got back into it for myself. And I was like, not doing that again. That was A, not fun. <laughs> and, and I just, I hate everything about it. Um, but it sure was motivating. And it changed, luckily, it changed the rest of the weekend for us. And I was even a lot better the rest of the time because sometimes when you like kind of screw up and you can't do well, every you kind of relax, right? And I was like, okay, great. That's over with. And we had a great rest of the time. Okay. We had a great rest of the time. And my dog was amazing in a very chaotic area because that wasn't his thing and so on and so on. So my point is, is we can really mess ourselves up. You probably have your own story. Um, And we do that when we focus so hard on the outcome, get ourselves so wound up and make one run or even a weekend be everything. And so hopefully I've shared a few ways that you can back yourself out of that. And none of them are instant and it's not necessarily a linear process. You're definitely going to have to play with what works. It might include going for a walk. It might include listening to music. It might include meditating, you know, using your breathing to calm yourself down. You know, it might you do a whole bunch of things that we talk about on this podcast and my membership and all the other places, classes, blah, 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 blah. Um, you might have to like make sure that when you are packing the car, you've packed your mental skills toolbox, okay? Because when you go to a big event, for sure, you might not know what you're gonna need. So you wanna make sure that you have everything. And that's why we practice. That's why we practice as much on our mental skills as we do our handling skills so that we're prepared when we need them, okay? So just be aware, start with your awareness always, and then figure out what is the best way to like 
back out of that room, (laughs) right? If you've wandered into a room where your run is feeling really precious and really life and death and everything is riding on it, you need to figure out how to back yourself out of that room and figure out how, what is your tool, your preferred way of getting out of fear, getting focused on, on your process goals and in the present moment, And then hopefully, you know, doing some breathing exercises and getting your system back into balance. Because not only are your thoughts out of whack at that point, but so is your physiology. And as we know, everything runs down the leash. And once your dog feels that or joins you in that nervousness, now two of you have to get out of that corner and um, get back to what you know you can do. Okay, so this is a really important skill to have. I do have a whole class on it about pressure specifically. And I just was reminded of it recently watching, you know, these competitors who, you know, like I said, might only get one shot a year to do this, but still it didn't help them to grip the goal so tightly that they couldn't perform. Okay, so we want to really be aware of that and um, and get the help or the support or the tool or whatever that you need when you feel like that. Okay, so I hope that helps. And even this weekend, even if you're doing something like low key, try to get really good at um, recognizing your early warning signs of when you start to get nervous or when you start to care too much about the outcome. And of course, too much is subjective. I'll let you decide what that is. But I think you'll know when you're focusing only on the outcome and need to at least pull yourself back, focus on the process goal and focus on handling your dog in the present moment. And that will help you tremendously. So practice it now before you need it in a big clutch situation. And no matter what you're doing this week, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.